0: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, welcome to Life After MLM's Lula Rich companion series, Lula Bitch, a place you can come to find all the tea and everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You're about to hear the personal accounts of the people affected by the MLM LuLaRoe. These stories are our own personal opinions, accounts, and allegations of our experiences within the cult. Some stories may be triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today we have a special Lula Bitch episode. I know you guys have been waiting. The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe just came out. I don't know if you've seen it yet. You definitely need to, but I would... Really, really, really love to introduce my guest today, Carla Hadfield.
1: Hi, Carla. Hi. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, the film was incredible. So many stories that uh, the majority of people outside of LuLaRoe had never heard before, including yours, which I think is such a powerful story of trusting the wrong people and really getting caught up in 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 the lights and the glamour and in the, the happiness of of these scams um and i got to tell you you know my story and i know yours and and we have a lot of um a lot of commonalities with mm-hmm. a lot of the same people so we're going to be talking about about those commonalities as well yeah, but yeah. the first thing that i want to talk to you about is how LuLaRoe even came into your life. Like, how did LuLaRoe show up? Why did it look good? What did it look like? And what made you sign on that dotted line?
1: Sure, sure. Well, first, thank you for having me on and for all of your kind words. And um, I'm excited to tell my story. Um, LuLaRoe came about, I found it in fall of 2015. Um, and those previous years had been the previous three or four years to finding it had been incredibly life-changing and sad. And the way I get through those kind of things is with creativity. So I had literally prayed for years, just please just bring something creative back into my life because then I know I'll be okay. And, you know, I had a, a party, a, a, like event industry background, um, theming things. I went to school for theater and dance worked at Disney and Universal, so I could theme any party in, I don't know, maybe like a half an hour, hour. Um, So that's why the creativity of LuLaRoe really struck me as something so interesting because honestly, the first pair of leggings I saw was candy corn leggings. And I said, where did you get those? And she oh, well, my friend sells these. I said, "What sells what, candy corn? No, leggings leggings with candy corns on them oh well I want candy corn ones and then she said well uh they don't always have those well what do you mean why can't I get those well they only make so many oh so that it was intriguing so I that was the first thing and I started getting them and I was looking at the prints oh there's boombox leggings I need boombox leggings oh There's cats. Oh, that one looks like my cat. I need cats. I need the French fries. So, you know, then I realized there was parties. Of course, I wanted to have parties. And it was really good. And that part was healthy for me, because I had spent a lot of years not doing much of anything. And then when I realized, you know, that Pearson could also come along, that was really good. And it would be great for him to be social. So that's how it started Um, and it was good for a while, like finding things and I wore it for about, no, I don't know, five, six months or so. And then um, the following April, May of 2016, I thought maybe I might want to join and I got in the queue. I joined the queue in June of 16 and by right after July 4th, I, I got my first onboard package. It was that quick. When those
0: onboarding boxes showed up at your house, how did it make you feel? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, honestly, I mean, half pissed off. Okay. Because I added leggings and I placed my order before July 4th. Well enough before July 4th. Um, and when I added leggings, I expected it to be leggings that were current that I could sell. And literally 90% were kids, Amera, freaking Kana. And I was like, wait a second. Then Amit, that was my first clue. Wait a second. Why would you? S-? Okay, I called back and I said, hey, I'm so excited. Um, once I finally got someone, I'm so excited. This is awesome. Some of this stuff is okay, but it arrived on my door July 8th and almost all of my kid leggings and honestly, half of my adult are the Americana 4th of July collection. Um, I need to swap these out. Uh, I need something else or I, I want these at it. Well, that wasn't allowed. First off, I said, okay, well then I want a discount on these. That was no. I said, well, look, if I go in JC Penney and I go buy a 4th of July shirt, it's going to be half off. So if if I'm stuck with it, at least give me part of the money back day one. But since I was stuck with it, I was like, well, I guess I'll sell what I have, you know? So, I mean, it was exciting that it was there, but it was also... equally irritating right off the bat. Um,
0: as soon as you said that you onboarded around July 4th, I knew exactly what you were going to say happened. Yeah. (laughs) I knew exactly. Who
1: does that? Who no reputable business would do that period.
0: No. It's also amazing that they would send capsule stuff in orders that you didn't order. If you didn't order a capsule, after the capsule, capsule if there was extra yeah. they would send it to you but then if you tried to return things when leaving
1: they wouldn't accept capsule things and you're like but i didn't buy this as a capsule <laughs> never bought it as a capsule to begin with because we can't get capsules
0: yeah yeah, yeah we'll so a capsule later. is what Lularo called their collections um yeah Uh, anybody going what the hell is a capsule a capsule is what Lularo called their collections Uh, anything that came out as a special edition anything for Mother's Day Christmas Fourth of July Halloween whatever would be called a capsule so how did you do those first couple months in Lularo?
1: I actually did pretty well I thought um it took me a little bit I would say by you know okay well when I started with Lularo. I didn't even know how to make a Facebook album, so it took me a little bit, and I did not own a current laptop. I didn't know how to make a Facebook group. I had no idea how to make an album. I had no idea how to post pictures, so I would say the first, like, really good home party that I had where I was like, oh, wait a second, was in October, so it didn't take too, too long, August, September. You know, so it wasn't too bad. It wasn't, it was like maybe four months later that I really said, wait a second, I sold a couple grand today. Hmm. I might be onto something, you know, but I still didn't understand the numbers game from a business perspective. So I had plenty of inventory sitting there, but I had something that everybody wanted I figured that people would still want it. I could keep getting things and that box being a surprise is a lot like uh, gambling, you know, it's a, it's like playing the slots, honestly. And when you're a person that has an addictive personality and you're getting these things that number one, people want number two, you know, you can go and sell. And also for me, plan a fun party and theme every single aspect around it. So that part was fun. And now I get another surprise box. It's like Russian roulette. It is gambling at its finest. You don't know what you're going to get and you want to spend more to see what you get next time. See if I win the unicorn, how many unicorns do you get in your box can be equally equivalent to how many coins are going to come out of that slot machine. That's what it, Looking back on, that's the best analogy that I can possibly give of how the how a lot of us got so enthralled and kept going and going when we had plenty already sitting there that we should have been concentrating on and selling.
0: Absolutely. The manipulation of dopamine in LulaRoe yes. is disgusting.
1: Oh my God, it so much was. It yes, absolutely
0: i remember being a retailer in the very beginning in early 2016 mm-hmm. like we're talking and getting a box and being like oh yeah i can sell 90 percent of this no problem and right. then the juxtaposition of me leaving at the very end when everything was you know what yeah. you see in all of these exposés yeah yeah you're getting these boxes where maybe if you're lucky you can sell 10 percent and it like totally shifted and yes. this was something that you mentioned in the rise and fall of lularoe that i'm like okay. yes carla 100 yeah. uh you talking about how, like, even when you got a good box that you could sell half
1: of it, that's right. still just breaking even. Yes. The, oh, um, yes. I, I'm so glad that they kept the number explanation in there because that's what a lot of people don't understand. In, in my world, in my mindset, if you're holding inventory over 30 days, you are not making any money. I don't care. You can't convince me any other way. Clearance that stuff out and get rid of it. Even if you're taking it at your wholesale and you're buying something else that's going to sell, you've made up for the delay in the turnover. So when they send you a box that's only half sellable and you turn around and order another one, you didn't make anything, actually you lost money. You, you worked for free, you lost time from your family, You know, you've given up emotional uh, stability as well because it takes time and energy, which makes you tired and anxious. And it's a whole, yeah, the numbers game never added up after a while because you can't send and then they would, you, they would kind of threaten to kick you out of groups. They would do all these other things. If you tried to make the numbers work for yourself, we should have had the freedom to do whatever we needed to do. Put it on sale sell it but instead it was the environment where uh, she's selling under map she's hurting me well that's not my problem the problem lies with lularoe they need to change their structure to not hit us against each other if we saw anybody even giving three dollars off of a randy people would report to compliance i feel like it was Always a money scam because they got the leggings for so cheap. They never planned on selling us a one hundred percent sell through box. I I don't I don't think I'd ever be convinced any other way because even from the beginning, the number of air quote unicorns that they would send would be variable based on person who you knew everything everything. So if you were just a normal retailer, you had to know somebody to be able to send a text message and say hey Dean, i didn't get any halloween can i have some yeah I, I i believe that they banked on us getting to conventions us getting to super saturdays us getting to trainings so they could get us all in the room and get that dopamine going again and get us all riled up together when i look back at videos it's kind of disgusting. I hate to insult anybody that's happy and doing it right now. And I don't mean to, but when I look back in a training room and then I compare that to a video of a cult, it looks pretty freaking identical. And if they would take the time to do it, I'm sure they look, we, we were dressed completely identical. We were chanting the same kind of LuLaRoe stuff. We were all enjoying all of the parties. We were all in tune watching everybody's why we were following along and that's what cults do. We follow along. So I think that they banked it on that, knowing that the majority of people they'd be able to convince buy more, buy more. Oh, it's because it's stale. Yeah. You have to keep things fresh in, in retail. You've got to keep things moving. So Just add to it and mix it in. It'll look refreshed. Well, I didn't know much about retail. I knew about events. So I believed it and I ordered more and more and more. So I I always think that that was their plan because even at pennies, like they're getting those for pennies on the dollar. They don't care what prints are on them and they're gonna just convince you to buy more. And you know what? At least 90% of us, I would say, I mean, I don't have anything to back that number up, I would just say all of us followed, followed right along. I don't think they ever had plans to sell any one of us, even the top mentors, a box that was, had a really, really good chance of being 100% sell through box. I completely agree with you. Look at their, look at their warehouses. You're not making money if you're holding that much inventory. I don't care what you tell me. You're not. I don't have a huge overstock of inventory. I have enough for what I need right now. Plus, you know, however many weeks it takes me to put something into production. You shouldn't need that. And if you don't have everything booked for that far out and things are like a roller coaster, Rocky, stop ordering, pay some bills, put some money in your bank before you go buying more inventory. It's the same way. I mean, it's not just LuLaRoe inventory, any, any business should be operating kind of like that with that mindset.
0: I love that you bring up the culty aspect of LuLaRoe. I have proven it countless times. So I'm very confident in saying that LuLaRoe is a cult. You cannot have multi-level marketing without the cult aspect because that is what keeps people stuck in the scam, perpetuating the scam and keeping the scam afloat is the cult aspect. You cannot have multi-level marketing without a cult. No, That was one of my favorite parts of this documentary was that there was so much emphasis on the cult aspect of multi-level yes. marketing because it Absolutely. is so important for people to understand that these truly are commercial cults. Yes. And, and that's what it is. Like there's no that's, way around it. This is what these yeah. are.
1: Yeah, that's a great term, commercial cult. That's a great, yeah, that, that's so perfect. It's so, that's so perfect. Yeah, it really
0: is. So mm-hmm. you're in Row, you're doing well. You're yep. expanding your business. You're getting yeah, in yep. with the people in home office yeah.
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: meet Sam Schultz.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there was one time right before um, meeting Sam Schultz. my The first time I actually wanted to quit LuLaRoe was less than six months after I joined, actually. I be, Halloween was my favorite holiday. And I wanted that Halloween capsule so bad. I had the most amazing party planned. Oh my God, it was going to be amazing. Well, I didn't get it. And I was the squeaky wheel. I was complaining in my group. I was complaining to my sponsor. I was pointing out the fact that, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Why are you not producing enough for all of us? If you want all of us to be successful and then in turn you're successful and we order more, every one of us should have gotten some leggings. I don't know anybody else that would put out enough, wouldn't put up enough stuff for all of us to be successful. And I was like, wait, you know what? I don't think this is for me because this doesn't make any sense. You already you sent me holiday. Okay, you can send me holiday leggings in July that I couldn't sell. Okay, and now I'm an actual retailer, but I can't have Halloween capsule. Hmm. I don't think so what's going to happen at christmas time how how do i know it's going to be any different and i was told well first of all there was a huge post in our group about complaining doesn't start you know it just takes away from this that and the i mean you should see the paragraph it was such gaslighting bullshit that we were basically not allowed to complain about it because we were affecting everybody else's morale We weren't affecting everybody else's morale. We were raising the red flag for everybody else to see it. And it scared you. Let's type it out the way it really should be said. You were scared. And this didn't look good. That's, I get, sorry, I get fired up. So I was told, all I know is that it would be a sad day if there was no Lula Carla Hadfield. Yes. So it made me think coming from somebody that had been in a really lonely spot for quite a few years. Oh, would it be, I guess, would, would people miss me? Well, nobody's missed me in a really long time. So maybe, okay, well, let me think about it. And I stayed. Yes, think about it. You should come. There's a training next month in November. You should go. It's only like three hours away from Myrtle Beach. One thing leads to another. And I'm at a training. in I think that time was Raleigh that year. Um, And that's the first time I met Sam Schultz. Had I quit when I first wanted to in October, my story would be completely different. It was that close. It was like a three week time frame of a difference.
0: Wow. I remember when I met Sam, um, (laughs) probably at an inspire training somewhere in San Diego, showing up early to help set up Yeah. and had seen him so many times on stage and had been involved and and just was like, Oh, Hey, you're Sam. Right. And he said to me, (laughs) this is the first, the first, one of the first things he ever said, do you got any gum? I was oh like, my god bummer? yes i was like uh no and he's like oh yeah. bummer
1: yeah that cotton mouth is a bad thing huh yeah mm-hmm. and i
0: was just hey, like that's a weird question to
1: ask somebody yep no always always
0: uh i stayed friends heard stories throughout my time in lularoe about sam mm-hmm.
1: uh
0: you know the bad boy of lularoe <laughs> having parties with his band with elijah oh, yeah. we meet in in this mm-hmm. uh documentary as well and yeah. his whole his whole like persona like sam schultz right um <sighs> i don't know like you know what i mean like oh yeah M. schultz oh, yeah. um and while we were in lularoe it was like oh my god sam schultz he's amazing oh yeah and then And then you leave LuLaRoe. Uh, Well, I left LuLaRoe. I I don't, you know, and that's when I got to really know Sam Schultz. Yeah. Because after I left LuLaRoe, he had left LuLaRoe and I had left LuLaRoe when we were on the back end of trying to Uh expose LuLaRoe. And that's really when my friendship with Sam became something substantial.
1: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So we'll sort
0: of talk about our, our connection with this man as we tell your story. Yeah, Um, yeah. But so you're at a training in Raleigh. I'm at a and, training in Raleigh. And you meet Sam. And, and yep. how does that go?
1: Um, he's going around the room asking people's whys and things like that. And I think for Sam, who is a uh, convicted felon of 20, well, sitting with 26 secondary felonies, let's give a scammer a room for lol of thousands of vulnerable people. That is like giving an addict drugs on a silver platter. We handed it, that that company handed what he needed to him. I believe, and I don't think that I would be convinced differently, that when he goes around and he hears people's whys, he plucks his victim right there. Because he wasn't just a financial predator, he was a sexual predator too and that is very that's that's a fact both both equally and you got you know this one fun energetic um guy in entertainment that is and you have a room full of 99% who are women most of us probably hadn't really had a lot of fun in our lives recently. I mean, for me, I hadn't, you know, you've got this hype, man, you're having fun. This feels so good. It was a fun environment and you trust him. And here's, I wish to goodness, I knew the verbiage that predators use. I wish I knew it then because this is a safe place, isn't it? And he gets the entire room to nod and agree. Because people that were nervous about sharing our whys would get, you know, well, I mean, I'd like to tell it, but I'm, no, it's okay, I'm not sure. He goes around and he picks, he plucks, he plucks them out. This girl looks the saddest. This girl looks really cute. Who's this girl? You've given them like a room. Anyways, um, I think he plucked a lot of his victims straight from those training rooms, which is a clear abuse of um, the power of position. And he did it everywhere he went, every single place he went, every single chance he got. Because most of his victims he pulled from LuLaRoe financially, or it was some connection he met through LuLaRoe. He abused his position of power 1,000%, which is absolutely disgusting. It really is. You had all these ladies in there trying to do something better for themselves. And in turn, instead, a lot of us ended up scarred and hurt and dealing with PTSD and trying to get better from so many things, not just financially. So, you know, I just think It takes a special kind of person to do something like that. That's all I, that's all I'll end up with that. But yeah, so we met in November and I sent him a message afterwards and said that it was a great training and that I had a lot of fun. I was a widow. I haven't had fun like that in a long time. I just gave him everything he needed to know you know, I love that everything is themed. I'm an events person. I went to school for theater and dance. I've missed the entertainment aspect of everything so much. Oh, yeah, you like all that stuff? Oh, yeah. You know, thanks. And then I see that he's making this tour with this Airstream. And I said, would you like to come? You're probably booked. But, you know, he made a post about cities that would like to partner up with him because he wanted to partner with you know consultants in the beginning his plan was to take the airstream and go and do music and sell ularo out of the airstream which is kind of ironic and and have concerts at the same time great yeah
0: absolutely so for people that are listening that that don't know this stuff i'll I'll just really quickly fill in so sam was the events guy Decided, Mm -hmm. hey, these consultants are making way more money selling LuLaRoe than promoting (laughs) LuLaRoe. And he decided to quit LuLaRoe as the events guy and become a consultant. Mm -hmm. Um, Deanne onboarded him immediately. I think this was like right before Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah, like Deanne onboards him immediately. I think he bought like, I heard the rumor was like $50,000 worth of inventory. I'm not really sure how much he spent. I don't know either. He bought an Airstream trailer. He came out with this like BU tour or something like that, and what he was going to be doing as a Lularoe consultant, because he also had his band, the Culture Crew, which is sort of this like I don't know reggae esque wannabe sort of thing that was happening a few years ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. And uh, great
1: description. I love that
0: description. It was a bunch of like Samoan people, and then Sam, and it was just strange for me. It was very strange. It was very, you know. Scammy. Yeah, scammy. It was very scammy. Scammy Sammy. So he sets up this tour. And basically what he does is he reaches out to all of these women in LuLaRoe that are super fangirling over Sam because Sam has power and Sam knows Deanne and Sam is the guy and oh my God, oh my God. And he reaches out to all these women who feel this incredible power of amazingness that, that Carla also felt with Sam. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to travel the whole country. Can I host pop-ups with you? And he basically created this entire schedule where he was piggybacking on like other people's business and customers. And True. he was going to show up and basically sell his LuLaRoe and you're hosting him. And it should be this humongous honor. Um, <laughs> it True. never happened. I... <laughs> it never happened because he was fired from Rowe right before all that happened. I do think that yeah. the tour probably had something to do the, the predatory nature of the tour and piggybacking on the consultants probably had something to do with him being fired. I know that like you had said um, yeah. that he was very friendly with a lot of the consultants in a yes. predatory way which I also can confirm multiple people that went down that rabbit hole, unfortunately. So I know that that is also true. Not me, but I do know others. Mm -hmm. Um, So the things that you're telling me, I have heard, I've confirmed and corroborated with other victims, um, but still is an alleged thing, but I have corroborated these stories with victims. Yes, yes. So that that was what was happening. So, okay, so now we will continue now that everybody understands what this Airstream tour was.
1: Yes. So this, that was the Airstream tour. Well, as we just mentioned, so Sam got fired as a consultant and now he has this big, beautiful 1969 Airstream. What's he going to do with it? First of all, let me tell everybody he hadn't even picked it up yet as he was planning the tour number one most importantly that needs to be out there I reach out and I'm saying to him what oh what happened well what are you going to do with the airstream because I was booked he was going to come to Myrtle Beach and I thought why is he coming all the way down to Myrtle Beach you know we're just a tiny town I mean I was having successful pop-ups I was doing good, especially for a small town. I was doing really well. Um, And so, but you're gonna come all the way down here? Well, yeah, I think I might do Charleston. I think I might stop in Raleigh. So it didn't, it, you know, now knowing that I, who I, he had friends around those areas, it did make sense for him to come that direction. But at the time I had no idea uh, who he knew within that three to six hour distance from Myrtle Beach. I do now, but anyways, at that time I didn't, and it didn't make a lot of sense, but I was always I happy for it. I thought it was cool. And I was ready to plan an event. I was like, gung ho, And I was so disappointed when it wasn't gonna happen, but I was curious about that Airstream. So I said, well, what are you gonna do with the Airstream? And he said, well, I'm gonna sell it. Around town locally in Myrtle Beach, honestly, it, there's, there's no highways. I mean, there's a at, more added now, um, but it's not like you're not going to get on uh, 275, you know, 71, 75, it's, it's totally different. So everything's pretty flat. To that part, that was true, but he had no idea. He, I don't know how many times he'd been to Myrtle Beach. He didn't know how far I wanted to take that thing. So, but yeah, he told me I could pull it with a Nissan Murano. In all honesty, I mean, what I saw of being around Sam Schultz Possibly he might've just not known because no, he never did any work. Everybody else around him did all the work. So maybe he really didn't know because I mean, ever since the very first day I met him, he seemed kind of like the spoiled guy that really didn't lift a finger doing anything. Uh, he's good at promotions and sitting behind a computer. I'll, I'll give him that. He's, he's a good um, promoter but beyond that as far as like anything physical work um you know equipment um all the way from equipment all the way to the airstream to what could pull it that dude probably doesn't even know where to check his oil at so maybe he didn't know if I could pull it with a Murano I mean that's that's all history now anyways but yeah that's what I was told and it was supposed to come with generators and um you know
0: so you paid <laughs> we'll, was, we'll just call it a hefty sum to purchase yeah, a 1969 vintage airstreams trailer from yep, Sam yep. Schultz.
1: Yes. Previously yes.
0: Un, unused with LuLaRoe because he never even yeah. owned the trailer while he was a consultant.
1: Totally unused. Now she was a boutique in Georgia. And there were, you know, this was the draw that Sam had. There were people that literally followed his story. They had their bands RV travel from California all the way to Georgia. People already knew that I was the one that purchased it. People already knew. So immediately now people knew who I was. That was weird. And he picks it up in Georgia. He takes it to Nashville. He films a music video with it, with his band Culture Crew. Then he takes it from Nashville to Myrtle Beach in January, you're trailering around in January and you're pulling a 25 foot Airstream with a tour RV. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, That is so dangerous. That is so dangerous. Plus the Airstream did not have electric brakes. They had no fucking clue how dangerous that was and what they were doing. No electric brakes. You're trailering it with an RV through the mountains.
0: In the dead of winter.
1: In the dead of winter, certifiably insane. That is, that was, (laughs) that's the Airstream's travels to me. That's her story of getting to me in Myrtle Beach. So they show up in January. She's supposed to come with all the power cords. We talked about this. I mean. He will probably try to tell people that like, I didn't know what I was talking about and whatever. Obviously people know now that I did, how do you power her? How do you, uh, how much inventory comes with her? Because I couldn't fill it. So he was supposed to give me inventory. Generators, well, what if I go someplace that I can't hook up to power or their power is not strong enough? Oh, well, you just use generators. All right, well, you need to bring generators. He tells me it's gonna come with generators and it's going to have this much inventory. Um, so she shows up that day. And I noticed that what I see, what I remember and know now that they were nervous. And so she shows up. I have a video of her pulling up. And I noticed that the front, both sides, front quarter panels are dented. I was like, um, Aaron's on the other side of the airstream." Sam gets out from my side the side that I could view the easiest. And he immediately like walks around to the other side. Elijah comes out and meets me first. And the other two are looking on the other side and I'm like, "Well, hold on. I got what I'm going to see what's what's going on." Like I I notice the other side and I walk around to to where they are and I'm like, "Hey, what hey, hi. What's going on? What what's what's wrong?" I say, "What's wrong?" And he's like, oh, nothing, like they totally turn around. Sam walks me around to the front side door upside of the Airstream for people that don't know how that kind of a trailer pull behind works. There's only one entrance and it is when you are driving, it is on the passenger side of your car. So the direction that they were at, if I was standing in the driveway of my house, that's the side of the RV and the opening door side of the airstream is what I was looking at and he's like what do you think and I, are you excited you're excited right his language it always ends with an open-ended question it's he'll never ask are you excited because I would have said yes but what about this dent it's so exciting isn't it but the manipulation right then of
0: loaded language lots loaded, lots of lots loaded language.
1: everything he says is loaded language so anybody that is going to listen to this later which i'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that are involved with sam schultz either friends family members i'm not the only one that he uses this loaded language with so red flag everybody uh this is what he's doing to you whether you notice it right now or not he's not being kind and dear and sincere and caring he's being manipulating and nobody seems to call him out on it very much and when we do it's just more gaslighting and loaded language but I wonder like I wonder how people are still around him and friends with him and then I have to take it back a notch Carla and remember that they are currently being victimized and they're victims right now. They don't know because it's disguised as genuine love and care. And somebody that can do the things that he did to me in Pearson, maybe his own children, but everybody else that he can get something from, that's what it's about. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. He's not gonna be there for you forever. He's going to be there for you until there's no more coins in the bank. And that's it. That's the truth of it.
0: Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the Internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete.me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete.me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private. By signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeletemecom slash MLM, code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors.
1: So anyways, I say, yeah, I'm excited. And, um, but what happened here? Pointing to the dent. Oh, well, I, oh, I don't, I don't know. Wasn't it like that? I was like, I don't think so. And immediately, I mean, we just, I don't know. I mean, I just, I probably should have said more, but I was excited about the Airstream and, You know, we had a, we had a night planned in Myrtle Beach where other uh, LuLaRoe consultants could come and, you know, see Stevie. And apparently they had followed the entire journey in his posts and, you know, Carla has the Airstream now and everything. So it was just kind of, you know, I don't know. So we had this thing planned and and- And you
0: named your Airstream Stevie-
1: Yeah, I probably just referred to her as Stevie. Uh, Originally, her nickname that he had named her CC for Culture Crew. I she has uh, I named her Stevie. It took me about four months after I had changed over to decades um, from the Lularoe airstream, and I thought, you know, I had a really hard time with it, and I wanted obviously it to be named after you know something musically related and so yeah I chose Stevie after Steven Tyler and Stevie Nicks Um, two of my childhood idols you know music I had a turbulent childhood beyond turbulent actually at times and that music was if it was on in the background I was happy I had really really good memories of music with my aunt Julie and I'm so thankful for that. MTV was a big deal at the time. And so when I was a kid, I would get grounded from MTV, believe it or not. And now I have an MTV themed business. But yeah, that was my punishment. And that was what would hurt me the most. I would tape my music videos over my aunt's soap operas. Why they didn't just buy me a VHS tape, I still don't understand. But I would tape over their soap operas. And then they go to put in their thing and it's, God damn it, Carla, you taped over this again. I'd get grounded from MTV for the night, you know, whatever. I would sneak down after my family was asleep. And the two videos that would always get me caught were Stevie Nicks's Stand Back and Aerosmith's duo with Run DMC Walk This Way. So right from then on, I thought Steven Tyler was it. I was like, Loved the energy, loved the costumes, and I loved, you know, as far as the Stevie Nicks, like the the whole build up of the intro of the music in the song "Stand Back" was just amazing. So yeah, her nickname is Stevie, and it, I mean, it truly fits her perfect. And that that's normal too. People that are not in the RV camper world, we always nickname our trailers. So. It's not just crazy Carla coming up with this crazy Steven Tyler, Stevie nickname. That's normal in the camper world. So if you're not in the camper world and you might be like, well, why did they name it? That's silly. Yeah. Everybody nicknames their trailer or rig another like term in our industry. But well, yeah. I think
0: Stevie is a perfect fit and a great name. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. People really, really have a good time in there.
0: So what was your consultancy like once you got Stevie?
1: It was, it was definitely different. When I had Stevie on the road, um, even around town in Myrtle Beach, not even being on like the major interstates, people would wave, people wanted the Airstream in their driveway. Um, It was easy to get her booked places i mean even the hoas that typically would not let stuff like that happen thought it was so cool and they would let her come and we would i I can't tell you how many hoas in myrtle beach with (laughs) that we made so mad well i couldn't have my whatever in here if she can bring an airstream i don't know sorry i mean um and then it got to where i switched out my Murano, got a jeep Got You know, I learned a lot in the first four or five months Um, extended tow package, um, you you know, that has your extra engine coolant I've got all everything on my dash that can tell me everything I need to know about what the engines doing, I had electric brakes put on the Airstream. Obviously I needed generators because he lied and showed up without generators that's kind of a funny Myrtle Beach story. air conditioning unit it needed an overhead air conditioning unit it didn't even have that um, especially in Myrtle Beach where it's warm in March you need it you needed it it didn't have it the one that it had the AC unit that it I should have asked more questions but it was just like a floor unit that you would get and then you would you know put the condensation tube out your window but it sat on the floor instead of it being a window unit
0: So like, not only did you buy this Airstream from Sam for probably way more than you needed to, but then you had to do all of these repairs additionally on top of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a ton over of what she was worth because she was already shelled. She was already, you know, all the interior work had been done, but that wasn't done by him. That was done by the previous boutique. Let's make that really, really clear. He didn't. He literally just flipped it. Yeah, he flipped it. He took it. He had the wheel bearings packed, possibly. And he uh, put new rims on it. He had it painted and he put um, the stripes down the side.
0: So just the that's cosmetic lipstick on a pig kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He didn't do anything else. That's it. That's it. hmm hmm And then they all lied to me when I asked them where the generators were all of them except Elijah walked outside with me and pretended which the keys that were actually the original padlock keys that's the set of keys that they went around to the Airstream had all different kinds of compartments just like any other pullout camper would but they didn't go to anything because she was shelled out there was no storage on the inside there was no um cabinetry on the inside because the kitchen was removed if that makes sense so they went around to all these outdoor sealed compartments (laughs) trying this padlock key. well maybe this maybe the generators in here maybe the generators in here i said what sense would that make there's nothing on the other side of the wall
0: what a weird ass goose chase to send you on opening up compartments they know are
1: empty yeah it wasn't that stupid then he says and it wasn't sam sam had everybody else doing his dirty work um and
0: well we learned from the best look at aunt and uncle
1: yeah that's right that's right i don't have any hard feelings um towards the one that walked me around and tried to get me lean oh maybe it's here maybe it's here i mean it's that's neither here nor there you know um so we're getting ready to go that night first we were at camper camping world because it didn't come with power cords number one so we go through there it's not even sam that bought the power cords it was somebody else in the band so we go through there and the power cords and everything that was all that was i think that day with a good sam membership which is similar to AAA, it's just for trailers I, it was at least two, $250. And I wasn't paying for it. Somebody else paid for that that day. I don't think it was Sam's card either. So it was probably one of those deals like, Hey, can you take her in here and I'll cover you once she gives me the check for the Airstream on Monday, you know? So um, we go through, we make sure we get everything we need this person that's in here with me. He also has no idea what we need. He he didn't know. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what we needed for this thing. So the fact that she's where she is now, honestly, it's kind of a miracle. So we're in the parking lot and I'm standing in between my Murano and the Airstream. And he asked me, where is this place? Is this place pretty big? Like, Does it have a lot of light? And I said, well, I mean, yeah, it's a great big, I mean, yeah, it's lit. Why? And he goes, well, I was just thinking, like, maybe Walmart has better lighting. And I said, What? No, it's planned for Broadway at the beach. Like, there's plenty of lighting. I'm sure we can park underneath. Wait a second. Why do we need extra lighting? I thought you had generators. And he was like, Oh, well, about that, there's no generators. I said, Are you fucking kidding me? And he goes, yeah, um I guess I got confused. I said, "Oh, bullshit. You were in Nashville. How did you power her up there?" He's like, "Well, we just ran a cord cuz all we needed was lights." I said, "Well, that ain't going to work cuz we're going to a parking lot. How are we going to what are we going to do? Plug her into the parking spot? That's not how trailers work, Sam." At least I knew that part. I was livid. I said, "Well, we'll go and everything." And he goes, "Well, we're going to run a cord from the Airstream to the RV. And that's what we did to turn on the lights. We didn't have any heat or anything like that. The power connector that we bought at Camping World didn't have the right connector to even power on to their RV. So we had, we had extension cords running to our lights, which we didn't even have that many, and like a fan. And like that, that was the first... Night, and we probably had about a dozen of us there, like checking it out. I remember I have pictures of this too him standing at the back of the Airstream, um, sort of where uh, my current dressing room is now. And we're all sitting along the wheel wells toasting. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I'd like to thank Carla and everything. And I'm just playing along. So we did that. We, I think we went to Wahlburgers that night. There's a hilarious, there's actually a reel on my current Instagram of Pearson when he was a little boy dancing in that Wahlburgers. It's either on that or it's on my TikTok and it is so stinking cute. But we went to Wahlburgers and um, ended up staying a, a, a huge group of us, staying there um, late. And then I said to him, and I was razzing him too the whole night. And he's like, what do you think? It's so exciting, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, what would be more exciting is if it had generators. Ah, over and over <laughs> and over again. It was It was actually really hilarious. And he knew I was half joking, but I handle a lot of things that way in my life. And he would just be like, yeah, you know, kind of laugh and kind of walk away. And the next time he would say it, I would say, yeah, no, I mean, it's cool, but generators are cooler. So we come to the agreement that he's going to give me This is such a joke, Uh, $700 more worth of inventory. First of all, the, the original generator that I started with. Now, mind you, I didn't know a lot about generators that time. I will freely and gladly and openly admit when I didn't know something, I didn't know. I really didn't. The things that I didn't know when I got that Airstream compared to what I do now makes me even more attached to her because I, there was so much work and love and care given to her. Um, so he get, he agrees to send me $700 more inventory. And that was supposed to make up for ha- not having generators. First of all, the first generator that I got was a Honda IQ 2000. That means it has 2000 watts of power. One of those wasn't enough to run my Airstream. So I needed two. So that was $2,200. I had to get two because the other ones were so large, I couldn't have carried them around by myself. And yeah, they could have been on wheels, but I had I had heard really, really good things about the Honda generators, So I had two generators. Then you have to put a kit together to make them both run on each other. Kind of like how you would connect two sets of Christmas lights. Same, same kind of deal. You connect both generators by one connector and then that goes into your Airstream. Um, so that's what we did. The connection kit was about $180. So now we're $2,400 in, just in generators when I started.
0: And, and what he pays you is $700 worth of LuLaRoe he couldn't sell.
1: Yes. Then what he sends me a shitty inventory. Oh, well, the original inventory I had was so good that that's already gone. But let me reach out to some of my other family members. I think I have a sister still selling and I'm like a sister, huh? Okay, whatever. All right. He sends it to me and it was like, fucking ugly brown skirts, uh, brown, like, you know, that whole solid debacle. I mean, it was ugly. And I texted him and was like hey i thought this was supposed to be like new and improved inventory like this 700 worth was supposed to really be 1400 because but this is all like i can i can see out of this pile oh seven or eight things that would go right away out of this huge box and um that was it
0: And And That's like maybe $300 max,
1: max, max. That is the full story on all the shady shit that he pulled with the airstream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just the airstream. We haven't even gotten to the felonies yet. Oh gosh. These poor people, they're going to be on here forever.
0: <laughs> right. So scam scam. <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so scam said no. So
0: scam scammed you. <laughs> so <laughs> Sam scams you through the airstream. Uh and and unfortunately, yeah. you don't learn your lesson.
1: I didn't during really that. realize it. Yeah, I didn't realize it because I didn't know enough about the airstream. I should have done more research. That part's on me. Um, but he should have known as well.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. In, in the rise and fall of Lularoe, you said at one point in your life, Sam Schultz was your best friend, and he so was. somebody to me that's your best friend, I wouldn't think that they try to scam you as their first, their first line of of uh, defense.
1: No, I I did feel like he was my best friend in the middle of all of the um, scams. I did. I did. I really did. I, I, I thought that, um, and it was before that, like, you know, fall of 17, there was a lot of text messaging, a lot of, he would FaceTime Pearson. Um, he would talk to him and, you know, Pearson was just enthralled. He was my best friend in 2017. I, I truly did. I bought that Airstream I took the Airstream to Charlotte to one of their concerts, and um, that was the first time that it kind of uh, came to my knowledge that, like, I could take her to festivals and everything. I mean, I had gone to tons. Um, my span of my experience at that point in the event industry was more parties, banquets, um, stage stuff, because I had a background in stage, costumes, Um that kind of more from a professional aspect of being able to theme things, not in a uh, mainstream event. I say mainstream, it was a small event in in hindsight, but I love that event, but it was small, small in relation to the things that we get to do now. And he was like, yeah, I can get you on with this festival. And I was like, what, you can? I was a novice at the time, I didn't know. I didn't know how to apply to be a vendor anywhere. I, didn't, I had no idea. He made it sound like it was a big deal to get on, like he was doing me a favor to get on to a festival. It, it was called the Lantern Fest. And um, he's like, yeah, my band is opening for it all summer long. So I decided I was going to get a Jeep and I went to Lantern Fest. My first Lantern Fest was Philly, summer of 2017. And let me tell you, people followed me off the highway. People followed me off the highway because either it was, a, it, they wanted LuLaRoe. Look, they didn't even care if it was in bags. They wanted to route through bags. Ladies would make their husbands pull over on the side of the road, follow me off. One time we were trying to fix the running lights. I can't remember where we were, but we, we were parked across from an auto zone. We're busy trying to get running lights and people are asking us for leggings. Then there were people that showed up at the events that knew Sam. People would come up right away. So right off the bat, when I took the Airstream out, people came to those LuLaRoe uh, events that were coordinated with Lantern Fest. People came. I was like, uh, I had not experienced that before. They would come up. Is Sam here? First of all, Why would Sam have been there? Because she was mine and everybody knew that. So don't pretend like these people would come up and pretend like they didn't know that I had bought it. Come on now. Everybody watched Sam's every move. These women, these consultants. Anyhow. um, Yeah, so 2017, I did a a slew of Lantern Fests. Um, People would come up. People would ask for Sam, obviously, I would inform them that he wasn't there, that it was my Airstream, that I bought the Airstream. I'm like, they're probably over backstage, I don't know. There are RVs out that way, the stage is this way. Um, so through the summer of 17, we did a ton of festivals together uh, where I would be there with the Airstream, they would be there with the RV. Pearson thought it was ridiculously exciting because he got to go on the RV. He's seven years old at the time and he gets to be on this band's RV. He doesn't know any better, you know, Um, he'd bring him a snow cone. He, you know, he was buddying up with him at these events and Pearson was at. So it was, it was definitely, uh, it was a busy summer. Um, And I was based in Cincinnati at the time, which was great for me to be out of Myrtle beach. It is no secret that in those years previous to Lularo, Myrtle Beach was not a healthy city for me whatsoever. Um, And it was great to be away. I was so happy. It was honestly, it was one of the most healing experiences for me to leave Myrtle Beach and be at Lantern Fest because the premise of Lantern Fest were these huge, beautiful Chinese lanterns that people would write dedications on. So when people come into the Airstream, I could say, oh, do you mind me asking like, oh, is this your first lantern fest? Who is your lantern for? And when they would tell me their lantern was for their husband that passed. Now I have a connection with somebody right away. So it was healing. I sent off balloons for Scott. I sent my, my, actually my very first one was for Pearson because Pearson wasn't with me. And I really, really missed him. I really had not really been away from him in that Kind of aspect and mom loves you, misses you, whatever. Lantern Fest 2017. And um, by the end of the summer, I I had healed a lot and I I came back to Myrtle Beach. I was still in contact with Sam on the regular, like all the time. And I, in the beginning uh, of me moving into Myrtle Beach, I needed a lot of help and a lot of advice in my life. And that was also something that I shared with Sam. And he encouraged me, you know. To move from there, now I know it was so he could have his knife in my back a little bit more like push me along kind of a way. Well, I I don't even think I had had five nights in my house yet before he asked me. But the second I was out of Myrtle Beach, it was on. It was game on for him.
0: I remember that scam.
1: Yeah, Um, that was the first one. That's actually the only one that he has the charges for, but there are more. He oh, was yes. The start for the fake medicinal marijuana farm. He wasn't charged for the rest of them that he did to me. Let's make that perfectly clear. There's more than what's even in the upcoming film. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: the the oh. collecting of money for the shirts to fund the band's yes. trip to Samoa to install water filters, which they only did for like one day and then spent the yeah. rest of the week surfing and filming a music video on everybody else's dime. And they yes. never actually ever sent the shirts that everybody bought either.
1: Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the clean water projects. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you how much it costs to buy a bucket from Home Depot and a filter and put it on. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's probably less than a damn dollar. If he had been smart and, hold it and ordered it at a wholesale, it would have been less than a damn dollar. And he goes out to these people who still, mind you, have to go collect the dirty water and bring it back to wherever they're going to filter it through. So they pour it into the Home Depot bucket. They they in their own countries have their, they have their drills or whatever their equipment. And some of them are carving out the hole in the bucket to connect the faucet filter to. Literally it's the same one that would go on a fucking punch bowl. I don't even know if there's a real filter in it that it it comes out any better for them to drink. I would have to research into that. But honestly, with everything else that he's pulled I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Literally, it costs less than a dollar. They go out, they have a kumbaya sing along, and that's literally what it looks like. Everybody's in sitting around in a fucking cult circle. Kumbaya. They're all like literally looking at him, hugging him, whatever, whatever thing, you know, like he did some miracle. You gave him a dollar bucket from Home Freaking Depot. Honestly, really. I could have said and then, that then posted
0: movie. it everywhere on social media posted so everybody knew everywhere. that you did it.
1: And the entire rest of the time, you're right. They were staying at nice hotels. They were making music videos. They're out in, I'd have to think about it, whatever countries. Plus, plus, he would, not just the t-shirts, I sponsored a couple of those clean water trips. So you would sponsor it. You would, I thought I was going to get a receipt for this, like a charitable receipt for this. Yeah, right. You, have, you go on Facebook Live, you have a LuLaRoe sale. I had probably two, I know at least one, probably two, Clean Water Project. He gets all these consultants that he knows to post about it. We're gonna have a sale. He had us all convinced that he was doing something amazing. And then we would do the sale whatever profit what, from the sale was, was donated directly to their Clean Water Project. That's how they afforded those trips no ifs ands or buts about it that is how he afforded those trips every single one of us and i hope these women hear me loud and clear you sent sam schultz on vacations caribbean freaking vacations and the equipment that they did the clean water with cost them a goddamn dollar literally let that sink in real good because that's how that worked i did a you know, if I gave $300 and 10 other people gave $300, adds up pretty goddamn quick. And he knew people that were mentors. So if little me is given them 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever, can you imagine what they were? And there was no receipts because he never claimed anything on his be love and influence charity bullshit. Let's talk about be love and influence too later when we talk about his 26 secondary felonies and his fake community service that he never did his 50 hours for but we will get to that later be love and influence comes up later it does
0: yeah so for those of, of of you that are listening that are like wait a second 26 felonies so sam uh i don't remember was this in 2018 or 2019 i don't remember he
1: was charged in february of 2019 he scammed for six months in 2018, multiple, multiple people, 13 that they found, three of which cooperated with the um, Utah courts. So wherever the rest of you are, you didn't do me any favors. Thanks a lot for nothing. You, If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. So All I got to say is if Sam Schultz goes out and copies your business idea and you had the chance to put his ass in jail, hmm, so sad, so sorry. Like you had your chance. Anyhow.
0: So back in 2018, he starts around, he starts reaching out to people. I was out. uh, He didn't, he didn't offer me anything because I think he knows I was already on to it, but he offered people around me and that's how I found out about it. Um, Courtney actually sent me the screenshots and she was like, is this legit? And I was like, who sent you this? Um, Mm -hmm. screenshots of stacks of money that we very quickly Google reverse image searched and found the same exact picture uh, that was fake that he was sending people check out the money that I just got back from my investment. Um, so
1: then I wish I had known you. I didn't have anybody like I didn't have anybody to back off, to back up anything with. Um, Yeah, the very first one was the medicinal farm. I actually Googled him recently. Um, I was never told that it was in Oregon just to, uh, I read an article that said it was some Samoan mafia marijuana farm in Oregon. No, let me make it perfectly clear. That is not ever how it was presented to me. Look, if somebody even back then had told me, Yeah, it's a Samoan mafia pot farm. I would have been like, oh God, no, no, listen, it was never, ever, ever. I saw those pictures.
0: It was about, hey, we've got this like super legit medicinal farm. It's like top of the line. This is insane. Yeah, Uh, you know, everything had just gone legal. And so it was like,
1: yep, yep, yep. All of my messages and emails, that is what it says. And that's what it's presented as. And you better believe from the very first day I ever messaged Sam, I have every single text message and email. I'm no dummy. We'll get to what he thinks of me later, what he said. But anyhow.
0: Well, so this Pop Farm scam, he convinced uh, 13 different people that came forward to Uh invest money using yep. theft by deception
1: communications fraud is communications wire, fraud yeah. yeah yeah wire fraud so let i live in ohio and his bank was in utah so when you're sending it through that way and it's a wire transfer and it's wire fraud in the legal industry that is called communications fraud and theft by deception is just basically that you are selling something um it's more than just forging someone's name on a check. Uh, Most people think that theft by deception is just for, you know, signing somebody else's name, but no, theft by deception is selling them something actually that doesn't exist, that never existed or is fake, basically. And that's what he did. And that's why that is the terminology for the charges that he was actually charged, 26 second degree felonies.
0: Uh, And then he had a scam that he was doing to pay his restitution, because during COVID, he still was paying his restitution payments. Um, We had someone that was checking up on those things, the restitution for the pot farm, to pay his restitution payments. And for some reason, he was still making them, even though he wasn't working. And we thought that he was doing a number of different things, including maybe stealing from an elderly man that he was spending a lot of time with. But, um, allegedly, and again, I don't know if any of this is public knowledge, but now it is allegedly what we discovered was that he had been stealing his current wife's identity, opening up credit cards, getting cash advances and paying his restitution payment. That
1: Yeah. 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 $13,000 loan signed in her name, racked up every single credit card and left her with 500 bucks to take care of what, how many kids at the time? I, I don't know.
0: I don't Let know. I know. thought for okay. sure she would leave them. Instead, they had another baby.
1: No. And um, Sam coached her through her entire divorce. So he knew exactly how much money she was going to get and the house.
0: They were we, um, we warned her. We warned her because Sam left LuLaRoe. He jumped to Epiphany and he tried to do yep. this again in Epiphany. He was offering yep. bridges. There was a huge lawsuit. I'll throw all of the information in the show notes because this is a massive rabbit hole yeah. that you guys are just going to die for a very long time I mean yeah, there's I'll even die. more that we won't even get into in this episode mm-hmm. um but we warned her they joined yeah. defective her and her yeah. friends because we were talking about all this stuff and they were like how dare you he's a wonderful man he loves her yeah. so much and we said to them look I know that that's what you feel right now but we are genuinely warning you because we genuinely care and yeah. they called us names. They told us we were crazy and they all left the group and said all kinds of things. And I don't even yeah. think it took a year for everything that we said would happen to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, he wasn't doing a great job of, uh, scamming her because let me tell you what, those restitution payments, they don't come on time. No, they don't. And, uh, when I would, I did reach out to them quite a few times and be like, Hey, looks nice that you guys were able to do that huge vacation, but you know what? I haven't had a restitution payment in two months. And as far as I'm concerned, you married him. And when you marry somebody, you marry their debt. So you're responsible for these payments. I did get a few responses, which were actually highly condescending. And I was like, no, no, you don't pay on time. Whatever he's telling you, he's lying to you. I haven't had a payment in three months. He's lying to you. I feel like the next
0: time this happens, don't go to his wife, just go to the authorities and let them know that you're three months behind on your restitution. Yeah,
1: well, they knew and um, now they're done with his bullshit. And if he's over 60 days late, he gets a phone call and he gets called back in if he doesn't make a payment. But what he does now is he's been paying with credit cards for a while. And I understand that like putting the documentary out means my checks could stop. Um, And we can talk about how I feel about that and, and, you know, the other victims and things like that of what I'm I'm doing, because if raising this awareness helps somebody else get out of their situation they're in right now, that's, that's fine. If it puts them in jail, that's fine too. I'm fine with that too. But yeah, he wasn't paying on time. And she was like, well, we can't help When the court finally cuts you the check he's paid you on time we haven't missed one single payment oh well he's spending the money on something else because no oh i remember when you used to come to the events and you know whatever it was just a very condescending message and there was no need for it so anyways um she was very 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 much warned and um i want to say that warning came before his whole escapade of the loans and everything. They were late. Um, He was very late. I say they, because they're married. I honestly, I, I, I I don't know who I can trust and I don't know if she's innocent and all of that. And I hate that. I, I don't mean to, to be a bad person and be, I don't want to be viewed as that, but when you've had as much done to you as I have, I don't trust anything. And I don't know that, um, other people aren't completely uh, right along with that ride. So, you know, I, I don't know. But no, they weren't really on time until the courts got sick of him being late. Um, and that's been more since he got in trouble last September caught on the border than anything else. Because at that point, they knew that he was already had 26 second degree felonies. And, you know, I got phone calls that reassured me that, look, we've seen him be late, 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 late. Um, and I'm like, well, why, why does this just keep happening? Like, what do I need to do? I'm, I'm gonna hire an attorney and do this myself if you guys aren't gonna help me. Uh, and I was given the answer that if he continues, continuously is over 60 days late, right now he's in a restitution agreement. The restitution agreement disappears if he is continuously over 60 days late, he's convicted, but he's in an agreement, which keeps him out of jail. Wait, but, but at this point, they're, they're like, no, no more, no more. They will go handcuff him and arrest him at some point and put him in jail because he'll be in contempt of his restitution agreement. And let me tell you what, he has been so freaking close so many times. And now when you pay with a credit card, It takes 45 days to clear the Utah court. So this is how he messes with me now. His due date, let's give an example. If his due date is October 1st and he's 59 days late and that takes 45 days to clear because it's on a credit card and the billing cycle has to hit before the court will cash, make sure that that's clear. What does that mean for Carla? That means Carla goes three or four months without a payment. Everybody needs to know that everybody that is believing Sam right now and well, I'm paying, I'm paying, I'm paying. No, he knows how to stretch it out. It's going to take me forever to get the rest of what he owes me, literally. So he, nowadays he's, I will admit he's a little bit better, but it's still like, if he pays October 3rd, I get that all the way the end of November. So if he pays October 3rd and then he pays November 19th, Carla doesn't have a check for the month of December. I don't get one until,
0: you know, so that's
1: how it works. I can go months without a payment because he can stretch out that 30 days. And if he pays it with a credit card, that's a minimum of six weeks when he's already 30 days late. So that's how it adds up to months without a payment. And I don't even know how he has the room on a credit card or it's probably another credit card in his wife's name, honestly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how you can call yourself a Christian, a Mormon, a God loving oh. anything. If you treat people like this, Sam, I really don't know how you can call yourself that. Yeah. And I know you're listening because you're a narcissist and you can't not oh. listen.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I would love to. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. The last
0: thing I ever said to Sam is the last thing I will ever say to Sam face-to-face. We weren't face-to-face. We were in a clubhouse room and I let him know what he did to me when he pulled the plug and said, oh, everything I said was a total lie, threw me under the bus and made me look like a fool. I will never forgive Sam for doing that. I will never forgive Sam for for having us trust him and for having him then take advantage of us again because we trusted him before the weed scam. And again, honestly, I feel like maybe had we continued to see that he was a scammer and not even trusted him for a fucking second, people like you wouldn't have been scammed again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and my scam was more than just that scam, and I didn't see that clubhouse. I heard about it when I went into filming the rise and fall of Lularoe. I hadn't even completed all of Lularich. I did not want to because I didn't want to bias anything at all that I said. You know, I I knew that he lied through his teeth. I did see that part, but I didn't watch the full docu series. I wanted absolutely nothing to put a bias on what I was doing because I knew what my future goals were before I even sat down to film for the rise and fall. Um, Had they offered me payment, I probably wouldn't have even taken it because even that puts a bias on what you're doing. Uh, So anyways, but there were more, there were more scams. So, and the way that worked was it wasn't like the payout date came for the marijuana farm and, Passed and I gave them more. That's not how it happened. They all happened really quickly. There was the marijuana farm, the medicinal, let's add, I wasn't just like investing in whatever these, I want people to understand. Um, there was a tour investment so they could get on the road with Wyclef. There was a spring break uh, concert with, in Cabo. Oh my God. People are going to want to know these stories later. Cabo is a whole crazy uh, thing. Um, I wasn't the only one scammed on that Cabo investment. There was a girl sleeping outside his hotel room door because he also told her. Yeah, I can. I I can see.
0: Uh, Oh, my God. Like my eyes just got so big.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He told her that she would be paid after the Wyclef show was done and she was sleeping outside his door and waiting to get paid and he told somebody else yeah just ignore her she's a crazy fan I was supposed to be paid yeah 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 when I showed up at the airport that morning I didn't have a ticket it took me a while honestly to realize that the reason why I didn't have a ticket to Cabo it it was part of the deal. If I did the Wyclef show investment, I could be I could bring someone and have a plus one. Well, my plus one, she made it there. You know why she made it there? Because he didn't owe her any money. I'm not stupid, okay? I get there, and I don't have a plane ticket, right? Look, I'm in the middle of all this with Sam. Like one pay uh, date didn't go through. At that time, I was trying to survive on um, my social security death benefits. So I didn't, I didn't have much money like at all. I go to the airport and my ticket wasn't paid for. I didn't have enough for a round trip ticket. Well, that dummy booked that trip the same week as my social security death benefits to hit. So here's what happened. I go home that day, I cry all day. And then I think, wait a second. No, I start thinking, There's got to be a way around this. I've been a survivor my entire life. There's got to be where, what? No, this can't be the end. No, this isn't the end. I'm like, wait a minute. Look, I get paid on Wednesday. The Social Security death benefits come in portions for me, portions for Pearson. That's how it's usually set up if you lose lose a spouse and you have children. I said, all right, how much is a one way ticket? Ha, ha, ha. So I go ahead and I book myself a one-way ticket to Cabo. And I go to Cabo and then I'm like, okay, I'll just get a one-way ticket. And on Wednesday morning, I'll get a one-way ticket home. Literally, I was in Cabo for two days with no ticket home. I go there to get paid and to help protect my friend that was out there because she was a female. And literally, now he's got the girl sleeping outside the hotel door. And now, surprise, surprise, he's got me coming. Let me tell you what I can't imagine. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see how quickly they packed their goddamn bags. They were out of there before I got there. We what? crossed each other on the highway, on the no. little road. Yeah. 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 I had an overnight in Mexico city. And then the next day I was on my way to Cabo and they left also, also he told me that there was an armband for me waiting at the hotel. No, there was not. There was no armband. I had to borrow money from my friend to pay for my hotel that night. It was an all-inclusive resort and I didn't have any money. I think I had less than $30 in my bank account. $30 and the money that I did have in there was from a payday loan on those social security death benefits because he left me penniless after he had taken everything yeah so that was that's how the Cabo investment went that coward left but you know what he left because I scared him so let's I mean that's a silver lining right because he was fucking scared shitless I'm sure he was i'm sure he was
0: jesus fucking christ yeah let's- sam schultz you are the human equivalent of a dumpster fire
1: oh he's worse than that i don't even Ugh. have the right words i don't even have the right I know. words. So, there were two tour investments and i believe the tour investments because i was there i was there selling merch i was there you know kind of keeping an eye on the green room the backstage the When you are involved in that much, I helped arrange to get them out of, I think it was Baltimore or something. There was a huge snowstorm. They couldn't drive the RV. I booked their plane tickets for them. I did a lot, a lot of the logistics works and nobody knew that I was doing a lot of the tour stuff. I was doing a lot. And I believed in the tour investments because he had me involved that much. So there was a couple of y um, things and there was his brother's YouTube investment. They had a St. Louis show. I drove to St. Louis because he told me that his brother was developing two new YouTube channels and they were interested in Pearson being in the YouTube channel, on the YouTube channel. So he asked me to bring Pearson to um, St. Louis for an informal audition so that Scott could meet Pearson and um see about putting him on the YouTube channel. They gave me a bunch of old yo Gabba Gabba stuff. Um I did not Yeah, there's a yo
0: Gabba Gabba connection to Sam Schultz if people Yeah, didn't know.
1: yeah, yeah. So and that was really, you know, we had some fun times when Pearson was little, 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 like three. Um, and but it was informal, right? Like I wasn't supposed to mention too much, according to Sam, because his brother gets nervous with things like that and also told me not to mention the finances of the YouTube investment because um, because it made him really nervous and he told me that his brother was on the spectrum and that he manages his brother because he's, he's almost on the spectrum. He gets real, real nervous about stuff like that. I'm like, really? The creator of Yo Gabba Gabba? is okay i mean all right well i won't I wonder you gotta,
0: if sam's brother knows that sam is saying things like that about him
1: um i'm not sure i i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure um also when i got there they were both in the bathroom getting ready and i mean we can talk about what i saw in their dot kit I wasn't sure what it was I can't prove it so maybe I shouldn't even say anything about it but all I can say is it freaked me out and um it was wrapped up in plastic and it was off-white substance and wow. and I was like holy shit like I'm not naive to I mean but I just I I haven't been around street drugs and I was I was scared. Honestly, it scared me. That's why I didn't say anything. It scared, because because it, it really, really scared me. We yeah, go, and that's
0: not that's not the only instance, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. That's not the only instance of
1: that sort of stuff happening. Um, that yeah, heard. yeah I, was, I was really scared. Yeah, I was really scared at the time, actually. We were in St. Louis, wow. and later that night, like we could barely get him out of the car. I drove. Patty rode with me. Sam rode in the back. Patty was up front with me.
0: Yeah, big Potty. That's another. He's another scammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Sam, sick as thieves. Oh, I mean, you have been through so much. Not only with Lularoe and this family. I mean, they are yeah. just just uh, right, right—the cream of the crop. Um,
1: oh my God. Yeah. So now,
0: big- what you're doing is you you still have the Airstream. Yep. EV is still kicking. You have your own real ex-hun non MLM business, and you are a female financial fraud survivor educator content creator now
1: i'm um, true i hope to yeah so this this whole experience um parts of this experience left me penniless for a while i mean sam tried to get my airstream he tried to get i had a house in myrtle beach at the time that was on the market he tried to be my home agent not as if the four scams and they all happened they were stacked on top of each other i was very involved in the life and in in their band tour and things like that so it was all very very easily believable because i was so enthralled in the tour plans and this that and the other that it just it felt like it was real it really truly did until the paydays started to not pan out and then i looked up patty and found that he was charged um for scamming women and had already been in prison, and he scammed people for forty five thousand dollars. he got forty five thousand dollars out of these that's at least i'm sure it was more of a scam, but that's what he got charged for um so then I you know I called him out and everything, but in that time frame i honestly uh I was penniless I had no money i was taking payday loans out on my social security death benefits i was months and months late on my rent i at one point he told me to write down all of my bottom line expenses and give them to me and i will be like you know sam i don't have rent like listen i need this money back what is going on this doesn't make any sense and he had all kinds of excuses. And, um, and he would be like, yeah, it's okay. My mortgage is late, really late too. I'm like, no, it's not a mortgage. It's a rent. Like, I don't know how much more time I have. My car is three, four months behind. Um, things like that. That's, you know, and it was just like, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer. And then, you know, finally he comes up with this story that, you know, he was scammed. And you know, it, whatever, in this time frame of being penniless, I was literally at food banks taking payday loans on my social security death benefits from losing my husband. Uh, at least two months late on my rent over that on my car, because my, the social security death benefits don't cover everything. I mean, it's not that much. Um, borrowed $2,000 from my dad actually to start. Decades. Decades opened five months late because I, I started planning decades in fall of 17. I went to Magic Fashion Convention in February of 18 and I was ready then. She didn't open until the third week of July 2018 because the owners of Lantern Fest knew that Sam was a scammer they literally let me come for free. My very first event, I the trailer wasn't painted purple. She still had the ridiculous rainbow stripes on the back quarter panels. I had enough money to get a $40 two by four sign that said decades rock and pop shop. And I bungee corded it over my LuLaRoe Carla Hadfield decal. And that's how decades started. I still had old LuLaRoe in the back She looked absolutely nothing like she looks now. So $700 worth of inventory at a wholesale cost of some band shirts and some funny towels. I have both of those accounts still. I still order their wholesale products. This many years later, I went back to Lantern Fest who let me come for free because they knew that Sam was a scam artist also what a lot of people don't know is there's a lot of red tape with victims relief funds because I know that there will be people like oh well why didn't she go to victims relief fund because I live in Ohio and the crimes happened in Utah it's extremely difficult when the crime happens outside of your state for your state to give you money because they have to give the Ohio people money first that's just how it works so yeah there's lots of things like All of these, there's lots of programs set up for women just for success, whatever. But there, as far as my knowledge right now, and we transferred it into a decedent IRA because that helps it with the interest rates and the taxing and things. Um, And so, you know, after, you know, Scott spent nine years laid off after um, 9-11 and he went back to flying. And so that's why that decedent IRA meant even more because He became a small business owner in that time frame in real estate, and he went back to flying. And he was, you know, he was a survivor in that sense that he he finally got called back. You know, that decedent IRA sat there all those years when he was laid off, and then it was transferred to Pearson, and Sam took it. So when you steal from my child, and you tarnish the memory of my late husband you better believe I'm not gonna stand for it. That's why I say that Sam stole from Pearson is because of the type of account that he took from. And the fact that Sam has daughters and can just dis- think that women and children are, well, are disposable the way he did. And honestly, any other human being, because he stole from my deceased husband. And here's the thing. He knew those were the type of accounts. I have text messages that prove he knew because I said to him, I can't pull from those accounts. There's repercussions, there's tax repercussions, there's income repercussions. I can't pull from those accounts, Sam, I can't. Also, there's other people on these trusts and such that I could get in really big trouble. And he's like, yeah, well, you're the holder at Edward Jones. Your money's not doing anything sitting there at Edward Jones. It's gonna make more money with me. It and if anybody asks, just tell them that you're reinvesting it. It's a little bit riskier than Edward Jones, but not a lot. I'll pay the tax differences. I wasn't just an idiot and just gave him a 529.
0: He literally groomed you and said every single thing that you wanted to hear. He had an answer for every single question you had, every concern you had. And this man, this man. Who is human garbage has scammed not only women, but children and dead men and his own wife. Yes. Sam, yeah. I don't think you're getting a planet when you die, buddy. I just don't think you are.
1: Yeah. I don't understand how somebody can do this much and not be in fucking prison. So, you know, uh, <laughs> 2020 and American greed, let's get to work because. This is ridiculous. And unfortunately, that's probably what it's going to take. It needs to be a movement to where there's no stone unturned, that he can't get away with this anymore. There's somebody being scammed by Sam Schultz this very second. There's no way there's not. And that was the big reason why I wanted to sit down and do the rise and fall of LuLaRoe because I I made it. Okay. I mean, are, are margins slim when you run a small business? Absolutely. They are, but I'm, I'm okay. I know that I can go and create something else, do another thing with my business, come up with something. My, the creative part of my brain never turns off. It, you know, drives people crazy. Sometimes I'll be okay. If those restitution payments stop, will it be hard? Yeah, it will be because sometimes they come and I really truly do need those and I need to divide it up and put it back in the places where it was supposed to never be taken from. But, you know, he's doing this to somebody right now. Right now, there's somebody being talked to with that kind of language that you trust me, don't you? You, um, I've never done anything bad to you before, right? Do you remember when I helped you win XYZ? That's how financial fraud victims are groomed. And when somebody is your friend for a really long time, and then they tell you all of that stuff, you believe them. We're not stupid. You know, part of my goal, my ultimate goal, because I sat in shame for years, is to help take away the stigma you know, women get scammed for a lot of different things, catfished, you know, straight up fake investments like I did. And there's a huge stigma with it. I want to take that away and help people understand. And the people that are in scams right now that are listening to this, that are, have somebody, a predator that is saying all of this verbiage to them, those are the things that you need to look for. The, this is your clue. Not a normal person doesn't talk to you that way. A normal person has a normal conversation. They talk like you and I are. They don't say, you want to come on my podcast, don't you? It'll be so good. Nobody, Nobody talks to people that way. That's not how you talk to people. Narcissists and manipulators and con artists are the only people that talk to you that way. So I want to help other women be less ashamed. If they're in something right now, I want to help them get out of it. I want to help give them legal resources, at least point them in the right direction in their very own state. Partner with grocery stores, department stores. It might be months or even years since the last time they took their kid to JCPenney to go pick out some outfits. And then I, I hope to... Put something um, together on the backside of decades where automatically a portion, a dollar from every sale on the back end, I never see it, it goes straight into whatever this charity's name is going to be. It goes straight in there, and that's the immediate financial portion of it. So I can send them a Visa gift card and they can have the freedom to choose to put it wherever they want. You know, I want them to be able to go and have some sense of comfort and normalcy that they are not losing their entire life and that these things are out there for you because there is nothing that i I mean i couldn't find anything but yeah the, the 501c is really 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 important to me um to to be able to put together something that i can now help other people i was given this platform by a set of very, very emotionally and unfortunate circumstances. But now I have it and I'm okay. I have a creative outlet for sadness when it creeps in. I have a social aspect. My customers mean the world to me. They have no idea that when I tell them that. like I truly am happy to see them. Like I look forward to going back to certain events at this point because those people, like I, I, I love them. Like it, it makes me happy. It truly make, It's not just about selling a T-shirt. There's a lot of snarky, funny things in there because you don't know if you have no idea what's going on in someone's life. If you, if they come into my airstream and it's music's memory lane and they and it can take them back to a happier time in their life and for me that's what it does for me because like I said I had a turbulent childhood and music was the one thing that made me happy and was always there um i i want i want to be that and that was my goal i never knew if people would like it and if i can make them laugh as well like we've got some really funny things in there and um whether it's tote bags mugs pins magnets whatever they buy that because because they're happy and they're laughing and for all I know that could have been the only time they were happy that whole entire month that day that week if I can be that for somebody else my goal is achieved I wanted a happy place when I did decades and honestly it came right out of when I was finding out that I had been scammed and everything as well so that's another reason why i'm so attached and why i want it to be a happy place and it is it is i don't i really don't know what i would do without it but that's the future goal i really want to do that i i i feel terrible that i know and when i go to bed every night i swear i think about the people that are being scammed right now the the women that are wondering how how did they fall for this oh my god i th- I, I even i'm a strong person but i even you know, I felt like an idiot. I really did. I felt like an idiot. I, how did I fall for this? It took me months to really realize that it wasn't my fault. And although I was angry and I wanted him to be, um, charged and I wanted him to pay for what he did, like legally, I wanted him to go to jail. Honestly, I, I still do. Um, I really fucking want him to go to jail. I'm sorry, but I do. You stole from a child, you stole from my late husband. I'll be damned if I'm gonna let somebody walk all over the memory of my late husband. And it takes a real special asshole to do that. That's, you know, I don't even know what I would have to say to him besides that. Just because for me on the inside, it's easy for like the people around me to rally and get upset. But for me on the inside, it wouldn't make a difference that I said to him like i said i'm not the gullible widow and i'm determined i'll spend every minute of the rest of my life let that sink in that i'm not a gullible widow
0: i'm so proud of you i'm so proud of you for speaking out i'm so proud of of what you shared in the documentary i'm so proud to call you my friend i'm so proud that we're survivors of this bullshit together you are incredible carla you are absolutely incredible. Sam Schultz is not going to hurt people anymore because we're not going to let that happen. You are helping change lives by sharing your,
1: I really hope so.
0: You absolutely are people that take advantage of us because we are loving and trusting and they know it and they are able to manipulate us. And people like Sam Schultz need to be exposed And I know this was difficult for you to share your story, but I am so happy and so proud. Um, Really quick, before we hit these rapid fire questions, please tell everybody where they can find not only you on social media, but your boutique, because we love to support ex-huns in here. And I want (laughs) to let everybody know where they can buy stuff to say, fuck Sam. We love Carla.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, The website is just decadesrockandpop.com. There's photos on there. There's ways to book us for an event. Really easy. It's very user-friendly. We even have Afterpay. You can find us on Instagram, Decades Rock and Pop. It's really easy. There's a Facebook business page that I post on a lot. There's a small TikTok and um, there's a nice little shelf of concert footage. Honestly, like some really fun. There's a Sheila E. from Summerfest this year. So 2022 season coming in, there'll be a lot more Airstream events that you can get to and you can find them, all of our tour dates on the website. If you're local or in the tri-state area, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, you can find us at Florence Mall. We have a real cute little store. We do a lot of hand bleached teas. The people think because of the quantity that they see on the racks that I must be ordering it. No, 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 no. I do have a shirt partner who is also an artist. So between the two of us in the season, when it's warm enough, both of us will be bleaching. And honestly, I have to hand it to her. She gave me all the pointers that I needed to make that bleach bottle turn into my paintbrush. Uh, we that's can incredible. custom orders. Yeah, so that's, we, we. there's always some kind of project going on in the background. There's always something. And there's always some kind of shenanigans. Constant, constant. Yeah, if you ever talk to Lexi, Mike shop manager assistant actually she's saved in my phone as just queen of everything she will tell you sometimes it's complete chaos but it's so fun at the same time but we're really really easy to find we're on about every platform except for twitter i don't know why i just can't maybe one of these days (laughs) i love seeing you thrive thank you thank you i i love my business and that business has saved my life twice That the Airstream itself took me out of a really bad time in Myrtle Beach, helped me to be healthy again. And honestly, you know, the pandemic was horrible. It it felt like losing my husband all over again. Honestly, it really did because the Airstream and the music and everything, you know, that Airstream kept me sane during the Sam Schultz months of the scams. It is an important part of my life. I don't know what I would do. I would go and visit the airstream in the middle of the pandemic, just to know that like she's it's she's still there. It's gonna be okay because she's she's still there. And I am really attached. It means the world to me. To be able to do something that in the beginning I never even knew if somebody would like um to now and to be able to complete art project after art project after art project to get her to what she looks like now. You know, I don't know how to describe it honestly. I'm just I'm really lucky everything that I've had a lot of bad things happen to me but I also know at the same time I'm so lucky
0: I'm so proud of you I know Pearson's proud of you and I know Scott is incredibly proud of you too I really hope so so at the very end of our little chats I do these rapid fire questions about multi-level marketing are you ready oh gosh yeah what is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't, I, I don't have anything one word. I fucking hate them. <laughs> um, a
0: warning or a piece of advice to somebody that wants to join an MLM.
1: Um, call me first. Let me tell you how to get a resale EIN. Let me tell you how to start your own. It is so simple in the beginning. I started with nothing. I didn't even, I didn't even know that much. I literally learned it all by myself and by other people that had kind of like helped me. Hey, how do you do this? I reached out to some of my good friends, some of which were LuLaRoe. They helped me get started. They answered my very first questions. And then I went out and got those items and got the things, the paperwork that I needed. Number one, that one, and number two, Run, 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 run.
0: What is the worst MLM in your opinion?
1: (laughs) Obviously, LuLaRoe. Obviously, it was a scam from the beginning. The numbers never made sense and they banked on selling us, just selling us shit. They, They thought we would just be enamored with them and not care. They never ever ever made sense. And they knew that, but they banked on getting us into these things, into these events. And it didn't you didn't have to go to an event. You could do your Tuesday webinar. You could get enough of the Kool-Aid right there. And that and, yeah. and that's what they that's what they they put all their bets on that. And they were right for a very, very, very long time.
0: I feel like the answer to this next question is glaringly obvious, but What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM?
1: Don't trust anyone. No one. Literally. Literally, you can't trust anyone, period. They don't care about you. Your team, they don't care about you. They don't. They don't.
0: I absolutely agree with you on that. And finally, Mm My favorite yeah. question, okay. the positive takeaway from your time in MLM that you still use. I'm assuming I know the answer to this.
1: <laughs> the positive takeaway is I have a lot less fear of being able to support myself and my son because I know I am really good at figuring out a way to a problem. It's taught me to be extremely I was always, I, I, like I said, I'm, I've, I've been a survivor my whole life, but this was different and this was a little bit more difficult, but I know how to make things work and I can make just about anything work. And that from the MLM is a, is I, I guess a positive, and then obviously the, my current business and being able to do it. I don't think I would have ever, I don't know that I would have been brave enough to be a small business owner maybe if I didn't have this experience, you know, and obviously I wouldn't have the happiness that I have right now if I didn't have the Airstream. So if there's one thing that came good from it, it's that.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking this time to tell this story. I'm so glad that we were able to tell your whole story. Because I think it's really important and not the whole story was in the rise and fall. So for those who are looking for more, I think this was a really good supplemental thing. Thank you so much, Carla. I know that your story is going to impact so many people and help change a lot of lives.
1: I hope so too. I hope so too. Thank you so much for listening. It was, it took a long time to get someone to listen to me it really really it truly took it did nobody would listen and you were one of the first people to listen and i can't i really i'm sorry i just get emotional about it because nobody would listen to me and you not only listened to me but you helped me get somebody else to listen to me and now i can go and help other people and none of that would have happened without you Oh. And Heather, none of that would have happened without you guys. None of it. You and Heather were yeah. the catalyst Heather, for everything Becca, else. Becca,
0: Julie. Yeah, Becca. Everybody. Julie. Yeah,
1: everybody. I mean, really, because without defective, without that first rip torn defective, without that, and that took everybody's hard work, None, none of this would be happening right now. We're changing women's lives because of that original Facebook group. Absolutely. My life wouldn't be where it is right now if it weren't for them.
0: We love you so Thank much. You. and We are so happy that you, I love you
1: guys. Too. spoke out. Yes, I love you guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.